On this episode, I'm going to be talking about the state of social media and how it affects artists and our feeling of self-appreciation. You're listening to the Let's Talk About Art podcast. How's it going, everybody? I know it has been quite a while since the inaugural episode of this podcast, and for that, I would like to apologize. It has been, what, eight months now, I think, which is a bit of a gap between episodes, but uh, circumstances do pop up, things happen, life happens, and so it's... uh, just kind of hard to really figure out. So between the last one and this one, a lot has happened. So I planned on recording this episode and I had the idea for what I'm going to be talking about today back in October of 2020. But when I was going to record it, I unfortunately came down with the Rona. Yeah, I got COVID back pretty much the middle of October and that uh, knocked me down pretty hard. The Sickness itself wasn't too bad other than just feeling tired. The thing that got me was either through the virus or something I ate, I I developed this like sore in the back of my throat that made it really painful to talk, swallow anything, even water. And so while I had the motivation to record the episode, I just wasn't physically uh, set to do that. And then... After that, a whole bunch of life stuff happened, which I'll get into here in a sec, but finally found the motivation. I found the time to sit down and and talk about this, um, a a topic that I have been struggling with for about the last eight months and even before then, but it's become more prevalent since then. So I'm thankful that I get to do that. I would like to say I really appreciate the awesome response and support I got for the first episode of this podcast back in August. A lot of people reached out saying they enjoyed it, couldn't wait for the second one, and that really meant a lot because I am still very much new to this and, you know, I'm kind of stepping a little bit more outside of my comfort zone. And so to have that response was really comforting. Makes me feel a lot more comfortable about doing this episode and hopefully more episodes in the future. So after I had COVID and that sore went away, which took another, gosh, like week and a half, two weeks after COVID itself was over, things just got a little hectic, whether it was uh, personal life, work life, it all just got kind of piled on. And so the recording and podcast didn't go very high up on my to-do list. I work at at Best Buy, and so, you know, that time of year got real busy with different people coming to the store and orders and stuff, and that really tired me out every day that I would work, and trying to figure out stuff within the personal life, with personal relationships, and trying to figure out, you know, other things in my photography realm, whether it's just editing photos or making time lapses, stuff like that, I generally prioritize those over doing a podcast. Then, most notably, in January, I uh, moved from Albuquerque, New Mexico, up to Seattle, Washington. Yeah, so I've been here since the since January 20th and have been working full-time at a, a store up here and have uh, really been loving it. But between busy holiday season and trying to figure out you know, moving 
kind of across the country. Like I said before, the recording a podcast episode just kind of fell short on that list. And so it was just hard to find the motivation to really sit down and do this. But I am thankfully very settled into my place up here. I've found a good groove. I've gotten more of my productive flow back. And so tonight, and it is about 1030 at night right now, I figured it would be a good time to finally sit down and talk about this. So a big thing that happened when I launched the first podcast, and I believe I touched on it in that episode, but I'll, I'll recap here, is I launched my my new brand, my rebrand, really, where I went from my, my working name for a long time was D. McMain's Photos. And in August, when the first podcast launched, I rebranded myself as McMain's Media. So updated the website, changed the Instagram handle, put out a short film, a, a time-lapse film. So a bunch of things kind of happened, which is still very cool and exciting. It feels much more, what's the, what's a good word for it? Feels a lot more serious, I guess, than D. McMain's photos did. That's been an interesting uh, path to have been going down. I'm very, very happy that I did it. I, I really don't have any um, regrets about it, but doing it did have some effects, and that's that's what was kind of the catalyst for this thought process that I've been going down. So like I said in the intro, today I really wanted to talk about the state of social media, mostly talking about um, Instagram here because that's the main one that I, as a photographer, use. And it's the main one a lot of artists use. Facebook is another one. You know, if you're a musician, rapper, singer, stuff like that, maybe a Spotify or SoundCloud is your avenue. And there are others out there, but I think Instagram is a very well-known one for a lot of different types of creatives. And many, many people, myself and personal friends included, have noticed a shift in how Instagram operates and how we notice things. So I, I want to talk about that, talk about my experience with it as of late and what I've heard from other folks as well. And not only just talking about you know social media as a whole and my views on it, but how this more so plays into this idea of how I define my own self-worth and how I define the value of my own work because you know these very personal non-quantifiable things that we call you know our our artworks our pieces or whatever noun you want to put on there they don't have an inherent value at least not in my mind you know the value that comes from it is very subjective from person to person so trying to establish some kind of value upon that is very important and understanding where you get that value from is really critical. So those are kind of the things that I've been wanting to talk about and uh, hopefully hope I can touch on today. The big reason I started going down this avenue and this um, this way of thinking, you know, and in, in why I want to talk about this and not just keep it in my head is when I was making the rebrand, I took a pretty hefty break from Instagram. I was pretty consistent with it for a long time up until 
maybe early June of 2020. And that's when I was still labeling myself as Dean McMain's photos. And that was, um, you know, beginning of the pandemic and then back through um, when I was in college, stuff like that. I was very consistent with it. Didn't really take big breaks. I mean, I've had like, you know, five days here where I wouldn't post something. But I, for some reason, I don't know. There wasn't really any logic behind it. But at the beginning of the summer, I kind of challenged myself, I guess might be a good word for it, to not post anything until the rebrand was done. Because the rebrand was months in the making. I had the idea back in like April of last year, so about a year ago. And it took a little bit to start that development process. A lot of it was website building. But I told myself I don't want to post anything of like big substance until the rebrand is done. So I sat on a lot of photos. I was kind of minimally posting to my Instagram story. I did little things here and there because I didn't want to just go completely radio silent. And I was still using it almost daily to check other stuff. But I wanted to take a big break. And I thought that that would, when I come back, kind of have this cool surprise effect on the, the app as a whole and the people who followed me. You know, because I would have thought I would come back and people who saw my photo would be like, oh, dang, you know, Dylan's back and he has this new brand. This is really cool. That's the the thought I had in my mind. That's how I imagined the relaunch would go last August. So when that day came and I did launch everything and I, I posted on Instagram for the first time in a long time and I announced all this stuff on Facebook and put all this stuff in my story and put out this podcast and the film and the website and the just everything, I was expecting a huge response or at least similar to what I used to have. So like I, on most photos would have probably close to 200 likes on most of them. Not that likes mean anything, but it is a way to gauge how you're doing on an app. And I would average around 200 likes or so on a post, which is fine. I'm not, I don't put any weight on that. And when the relaunch happened, there was a massive drop in that. At least in my mind, it was massive. The first post did okay because there was a lot of different stuff getting commented on and shared. And so that one post in particular did just fine. But as I started posting some more, I noticed like the drops were, or the likes were barely getting to 100. Like they usually sit around 70 to 80 something. And this massive drop that I noticed which, you know, I wasn't expecting. In fact, it was the opposite of what I was expecting. Really threw me for a loop and really discouraged me because as much as I tell myself and try to tell others to not to, I definitely am affected by the performance of uh, small videos, time lapses, photos on Instagram because uh, in a lot of ways, I am the, just that kind of person. It's, it's something I try to work through and not care about, you know, but it definitely affected me back then. And so I started feeling kind of down about myself and my work, especially if I would compare it to other people that I follow in their work and see that they're still performing really well, if not way better. And so I got really down because of that about my own work. Like motivation dropped a lot for me because I thought, you know, if if nobody's going to see my stuff, if nobody's going to share my stuff like they did, like what's what's the point here? And so that I, I, I hate feeling like that. And, and I had a lot of introspective moments where I analyzed those feelings of, you know, I'm feeling down because I'm not getting likes 
why should that matter? You know, like these photos that I take, I love them a lot. Well, I don't love all of them, but there's, I love a lot of them. And I need to realize that that is important. And I started to try and think more empathetically and think, you know, am I the only one that goes through this? And there's no way that I am. I mean, I think a lot of artists that put our work out on these public platforms have these moments. I would probably bet that almost 100% of artists have had a moment where they kind of define themselves by this meaningless quantifiable performance on some stupid app. You know, I think every artist has had that thought or has had that thought a lot, still has that thought, something to that degree. And the more I thought about that fact that I'm not alone in this, that made me realize then, well, you know, there's probably a lot of people out there that feel kind of crappy then because there's no, I know not everybody's performing super well. Like I know I'm not the only one that's suffering right now. So that is the biggest motivation for why I wanted to get talk about this, you know, let folks know. I mean, those of you who are listening and are artists and notice that either in the past or right now, that there is a difference in how your stuff is performing or how you feel about your own work. And so I wanted to make this to let you know that you're not alone, basically. So the more that I thought about this, I broke down the idea of self-appreciation as an artist into five bigger tenets. And I'm you could break these in many different ways. This is just the way that kind of felt natural to me. And this list is not exhaustive by any means. It's the most concise way I could think about talking about this and defining this. And so I'm going to go through each one of them and, and kind of talk about what I mean. And my goal for this, and the whole reason that I want to bring these up, is to further other people's thinking. You know, for people who are struggling right now, I just hope that these different tenets and different aspects of self-appreciation to think about will hopefully open up your mind a little more to thinking about yourself and your work in a different way that leads to more personal appreciation and happiness and less weight and less caring on how other people, strangers care about it. Because in the end, you're the important part of your artwork, not social media, not random strangers. And so that's, that's my hope going into this. So let's start with number one. I basically already touched on it, but I, let's, let's just kind of nail it down. So number one, try not to base the quality of your work on how other people respond to it. Because I mean, obviously quality is not something you can quantify. You know, if I, if we take two photographs and put them both up on Instagram and one of them gets a thousand likes and one gets five, that by no means means that the photo that got a thousand likes is necessarily a better photo. There's a lot of different factors that go in there. But that's unfortunately the only part that we really see as the people that are posting these things. And so it's the simplest and most obvious way that we can judge the quality of that artwork. And when this happens a lot, you know, when this becomes a recurring pattern, which is exactly what happened for me, I mean, from mid-August until now still, 
I mean, my photos barely cap 100 likes, which, like I said, is nowhere near what they used to cap, even though I have more followers than I ever have. So when that lack of likes starts happening a lot, and you know, it's not just a one-time thing, it can definitely rag down on you. Remember that the quality of your work and what is meaningful to you cannot be defined by sheer numbers on a, on a screen or an app. It can't be defined by how many people put it on their story or how many people like it or how many people comment, dude, this is fire with five emojis on it. That's not what defines the quality of you nor your work. And that was a big lesson for me. It feels like an obvious one, but it's a very difficult one to conceptualize and then accept, especially the acceptance. And that kind of leads into number two. When you pull back the idea that the quality is based on likes and just quantifiable, meaningless things, and you tell yourself that the quality is based on kind of your relationship with that piece of work, it's important to remember and remind yourself why you do what you do and why your work has value to you. Because there could be, uh, just as an example, I'm not saying this person actually exists, there could be a, a grandma who considers herself a photographer and all she posts are photos of her grandkids with a 2003 year old camera and you know she doesn't know how to use the manual controls and so that you know the photos are just kind of rough around the edges but she still considers herself um an artist the most important thing there and the reason why she is absolutely an artist is because of the connection that she has to what she's making and this is true not just for photographers it's true for everyone most every one of these tenets is uh, applicable to every kind of artist from musicians to painters to filmmakers, photographers, everybody, sculpture artists. I don't know if there's a noun for that. This is applicable to everyone. The personal connection or connections that we have to our work are the biggest defining factor in our work's value and how we can appreciate our work. So for a lot of my own work, I know I'm using the word work a lot, but it's the best way to describe this. For a lot of mine, the reason I love them so much, even though they can be rough sometimes, it's because of the stories that went into them. I mean, I can go into my my uh, my library and I can pick any random photo and I, and, well, I'm going to take that back. I can go into my library and find almost any photo. And I can guarantee there's some kind of fun story behind it or some memory that I have attached to it that brings me happiness and gives that piece of work value. It could be like it's really simple photo of just like a blank blue sky or something. But for me, you know, that could have been the day I graduated high school or something or it was the last day that I was in New Mexico or something like that. And having that personal connection, that's what gives it value because you and your shared experiences with that work are what give them value, you know? Another thing to go along with that is some artists, I, I don't do this as explicitly, but I know a lot of folks that do. A lot of artists have what's called a mission statement where, and this definition will vary between people, basically put out a goal for what you want your work to be. Even if, you know, in the multiple examples that I've given from blank skies to 
okay pictures of, of kids. If that photo is working toward that mission statement and working toward that goal, it's, it's incredibly valuable, you know? So there's a lot of different things on the personal connection level that will play into giving your work value and allowing you to appreciate what you have created. The third tenet I wrote down of self-appreciation with um, artists and our work is having your work not be the same as what people like most. And this is something I've noticed for years and still have yet to really understand, but it's happened a lot. And that is, I will... On, on any given shoot, I almost always have like one photo that I'm most excited about and I think I did the best job on. It's usually the one I go home and edit first and post to Instagram as quickly as I can, thinking that, oh, this is killer. This is going to perform super, super well and being really excited about it. And when I do post it, performance is much lower than I was hoping for. And then... From that same shoot, I'll edit one of the photos I wasn't as excited about and one of the photos I didn't think I did as good of a job on. And when I post it, oh, well, it gets shared to three different accounts and, you know, 20 people comment on it and, and all this stuff. And I'm sitting back watching this happen thinking, well, why is this one doing well? Like, it makes no sense to me. And that's been fairly difficult because the ones that I get excited about are not the ones other people get excited about. And therefore it makes me feel like, well, why am I excited about this? You know, it's not actually good. It kind of dampens my overall mood about it. And this is kind of a combination of number one and number two, you know, both trying not to base the quality of your work on, on those likes and how others are responding and also reminding yourself of why that work has value to you and your personal connection to it. So sometimes, you know, and I may not even realize this, that photo that I first post that I think was the best, I may only think was the best because I have this really fond memory of taking it or, you know, a certain smell that I had while I was taking it or something like that. You know, it could be this intangible, invisible thing about the photo that only I know. And that's why I think it's the best. But then, of course someone looking on a phone screen won't know either of those things. And so the response is absolutely going to be different, you know. And you also have to understand, and this kind of plays into the empathy point that I made earlier, but you have to understand and re remind yourself that other people's tastes are different than yours. All Everybody in the world has a slightly different taste when it comes to any kind of art, really. Whether it's a different genre of music that we all like, a different... Uh, genre of film, a different kind of photo edit, style of photo, stuff like that. Everybody has a different thing they enjoy and don't enjoy. So expecting a photo that you really like to also be one that everyone else likes and therefore assuming that everyone has a very similar taste, it just doesn't make sense. You know, that's not fair to yourself. It's not necessarily fair to others. And it's a very slippery slope into not being happy with your work. And I've gone through that a lot personally. And then third is kind of a more third person view of number two. And that is someone else could have a personal connection to a photo that you don't. So if I post a photo that 
I thought was just kind of eh, but someone else really, really loved it and, and other people as well did, and that's why it's performing well. It could just be because they themselves have a really personal connection to something in that photo, and that's why they liked it. You know, to me, it could be just a very simple pink cloud above a bridge, you know, and it's just that. But for someone else, that could be a bridge that they spent every night with, spent every night on with their dad or something like that. And they could have this really deep personal connection to it that makes them see it in a much more happy and different light than you are. And understanding that the personal connection level of value goes both ways, both for you and your work and for someone else and your work. Sometimes that absolutely aligns, but that's not all the time. Going on to number four, and this is arguably going to be the biggest one of these, I think, is comparing yourself to others. And this goes for professionals in your particular field. It goes for friends. It goes for total strangers, everyone. Comparing yourself, your work, sometimes even your work's performance to how others are doing is or at least can be incredibly frustrating and can be detrimental if you let it get to you. This was something I absolutely have experienced in the last seven, eight months. Without going into detail or naming names, uh, I had somewhat of a falling out with quite a few um, friends in the photography community a couple months back. I would still check in on their accounts and just kind of see where they were at, what they were posting, how things were going for them both from a place of curiosity, but also from a place of jealous fear almost, you know, this fear that they're doing well and I'm not. And, you know, that's something I'm I'm also still definitely working on. But I made those comparisons so often that it drove me even farther down and further away from self-appreciation and this can really get bad and it did get bad for me not only with friends and people that I knew but also comparing myself to more professionals or in another term more highly recognized artists on these different platforms like um, Instagram sometimes Facebook and one thing that I really had to do and I've tried to remind other people of this who have had um, similar similar quarrels to what I'm talking about right now, is that, of course, a professional is going to have this, usually have really amazing work, and they're going to be getting a lot of clientele, and they're going to be you know making good money and being able to do all these different things. And the pitfall of all of this is the way I end up visualizing that and visualizing this difference between myself and them is in this vertical format. Like, you know, the the top floor of the building is the place to be. That's where the best of the best are at, and they've all made it. They're all happy, and I'm down here on level 35 or whatever, you know. And thinking about progression and therefore, you know, ultimately kind of value as vertical. And that's just unhealthy because when you think of someone else, some other artist as above you, That's not a very healthy way to think about yourself, and it's a lot harder to find the motivation to keep going and hit that level or that next level. And that might just be true for me. Other folks might 
take that and run with it. And that might be more positive for them to think about it that way if they're, you know, a more competitive person. But that's it, it can be a lot more detrimental. And what I've recommended for a lot of people, myself included, is to think of that progression not in a vertical sense, like someone is above you, but more in a horizontal sense, like you're going down a hike and someone's just a little bit farther down the trail than you are. But give it a little bit of time and you'll be there too, which is a lot more honest to how things actually are for most artists. And it removes, to a large degree, that sense of hierarchies and you know, kind of classes, if you will. Also going along with comparing yourself to others is acknowledging that people have different aesthetics and different ways of going about things and different ways that they view art, whether it's their own or, or otherwise. So if I look at a well-performing photographer on Instagram who has a very different style than me, a thing that I do a lot up until still now, I absolutely still do this is I start thinking, Oh, well I should start, you know, making my art look like that. Cause it's obviously doing well for them. And I kind of start thinking, well, you know, this isn't working. This aesthetic and style that I have isn't working. And theirs is shifting myself to be more like them. And that's just not good because, you know, at that point you're, you're starting to become untrue to yourself and if you continue that if you just keep chasing these other people and these other styles that are doing well as opposed to focusing on what you truly like and your own style it's only going to bring you disappointment really i mean there could be a diamond in the rough where it actually does really well for you but to me it just feels artistically dishonest and i know at the end of the day i wouldn't be happy if you know if i became successful and I looked back and I said, man, I'm sure I'm glad I completely copied color for color, tone for tone, you know, Michael Shane Bloom's photos. I wouldn't think that way. You know, I would, I would probably have a little bit of regret thinking, you know, I didn't do what I felt, you know, I didn't, didn't do what my gut told me. I did what, you know, this app told me, what these quantifiable numbers told me about performance. So keeping that in mind that people just have different styles and there's absolutely nothing wrong with yours and, and to focus on that and, and just stay true to yourself. And the third thing would be when it comes to comparing yourself to others is acknowledging that people have vastly different experiences, circumstances, knowledge levels, everything like that. And so it's almost impossible to make a fair comparison between you and anyone else for those reasons. It doesn't matter how good of a photo they have or how amazing of a song they have. I mean, we have no clue what else they have behind them going into that. You know, if you're, for example, a SoundCloud artist and you hear this one track that is amazing, it sounds incredible. They have a big orchestral background and all this stuff, whatever it might be. And you think to yourself, well, damn, you know, I'll never be that good. You never know what went into that. They could have, they could have just won the lottery and have, you know, $10 million if they just went and blew on a full production team and all this. And they put in little to no artistic work of their own, you know. And so trying to compare that to a work that you spent, you know, 
30 hours on perfecting, it's not fair. Because again, back to number two, that value comes from you, your experience, your effort, and how that relates to that piece of artwork, that song, that photo, whatever it might be. So keeping those three things in mind that progression and people are not above you. People are just a little bit farther down the trail and they see things differently than you do and they have different things going into it than you probably do. And for those reasons, you just can't compare yourself to others and base your own value on how others are doing. The fifth and final tenet of self-appreciation that I wrote down here was persevering through the tough and the disappointing moments. And this is a hard one for a lot of us. Finding that motivation to stand back up and try again after you just got knocked down is very hard. And this is not just an artistic thing. This is just a life thing, as all of us know at some level. But when it comes to art, and especially on this more specific note of art with social media is that things will be tough sometimes. Things will be disappointing sometimes. You're not always going to meet the expectations you set in your head, especially if you're someone like myself that, you know, is kind of a perfectionist. Like if I don't hit the stars, then I failed. You know, that's the way I I think about myself in a lot of ways and my work. And so that stuff is just going to happen. And we need to keep in mind that we can always try again. That one thing not doing well is not the end of the world by any means. Kind of circling back to what I mentioned in number two, for those artists that do have some kind of end goal in mind, that have this mission statement in mind, always keep that in the forefront of your thoughts. When you do have those persevering moments, or I'm sorry, not when you do have those tough moments, keeping that goal of yours in the forefront of what you're thinking ahead of those negative thoughts about, oh, well, I suck. And keeping that idea that, you know what? No, one day I'm going to be in the Louvre or I'm going to be, you know, on a billboard in uh, Times Square or something like that. Keeping that goal and that end game up there and making that your compass is one of the best ways that you can keep persevering. And along with that, making sure that those goals and those mission statements are realistic. You know, if you're saying, oh, I'm going to be the most well-known photographer in the world in about a month, well, that's just not going to happen, you know? And as soon as that doesn't happen, well, you're going to be disappointed, you know? So setting yourself up with realistic expectations and then keeping those expectations and goals at the forefront is key. That's how you're going to get through those those low points with art because it's always in flux, like both performance, people's perceptions, people's interactions. It's always in flux. It's always changing. So you're never going to be riding a forever wave of highs. It's never going to keep going up and up and up and up and up. It's guaranteed going to go down at least once and knowing how to jump over that hurdle and keep going is one of the best ways that we can stick with 
our self-appreciation and our self-worth. And as I'm sure many of you have heard before or told yourself, it is absolutely impossible to please 100% of people 100% of the time. It's with, you know, approaching 8 billion people on the planet, it is absolutely impossible to do that. And realizing that you, know, you could put out the most amazing piece of artwork the world has ever seen. There's still going to be some person that says, eh, it's trash. I'm going to go over here and look at this thing. And not letting that get to you and just focusing on the positive and focusing on you, your goals, your expectations, your experiences. That's how you're going to get through those tough and disappointing moments. So keeping those big five tenets in mind of... You know, don't base the quality or the value of your work on how it performs on social media. Keeping in mind why you do it, why you have that connection with your work, what your end goal is. Realizing that what you like isn't necessarily going to be what other people like. Keeping in mind also that people might be a little more ahead of you down that path. And when you do come across those low point, low points and those possibly disappointing moments, keeping all of that in mind is how you continue to appreciate yourself and grow as an artist. These are all lessons that I have had to remind myself of constantly throughout the last couple months while photos have not been performing well, comments haven't been enthusiastic like they were stuff like that having these things in mind the last couple months is what has kept me doing what i've been doing because i very easily could have just put the hard drives of all my photos in a box and kind of called it a day i there have been many moments where i've thought about doing that and i just haven't had the motivation to continue to do this the biggest thing for me through all of this and the thing that of those five tenants that i have been using the most personally is keeping that mission statement and that end goal in mind. For me, that end goal is getting to teach people about photography, being an artist, stuff like that, and realizing that putting my photos out there, whether or not they perform well, is key. It's how I well, you know, on a base level, just grow an audience, but it's how I also teach myself. So even though I can post a photo and it does not do well at all, like no one shares it, hardly anyone likes it, it just flops for lack of a better word. Even though all that happens, I make myself sit back and think that's okay. This happens, you know, it could have been uh, a slow moment. People just couldn't, may not have enjoyed this one thing. They may not see that same connection that you have to it, but that's okay because you still are going down this path of wanting to teach people and, and taking the necessary steps to do that. Keeping all that in mind is how that I have stayed afloat. And although most of this does come from a photographer's perspective, these tenets absolutely apply in every kind of field of art. I mean, I've, you know, I've given multiple examples from the world of music, but this can absolutely apply to film. It can apply to painters, sculptors, everything like that, because, you know, we're all just creatives and we all 
well, pretty much all of us like to share our work and we'll be faced with this hurdle of self-doubt and of self-appreciation at one point or another. For the majority of us, it's going to happen a lot and probably will never stop. But the most important thing to remember is that you need to be proud of your work because it's yours, because that is what makes it special, not how people in California perceive it, not how many accounts repost it, not how many awards it necessarily wins. Although that's really cool, I don't think that is what makes our work special. It's the fact that we made it, we love it, we have a connection with it, and that's never going to change. And nothing should ever, in my mind, supersede that. Well, I think that is where I will leave it for this episode. I apologize if I kind of brambled on. I do have a, uh, a set of notes in front of me that I tried to go through, but I definitely may have branched here and there, but I very much appreciate all of you listening. If there's you know any thoughts that you have, let's continue the conversation. Absolutely. I can be found most easily on my Instagram at McMains Media. That's M-C-M-A-I-N-S Media. I am, I'm most frequent over there, but if there's any comments that any of you have, feel free to leave them on there, my Facebook, um, anywhere like that. I'd love to thank all of you for listening. I do not know when the next episode will come out, what it will be like. It could be in another eight months, but I very much appreciate all of you listening, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Have a good one, everyone. 